The past has already happened, no matter how much we beat ourselves up about it. And the future continues to unfold, but it unfolds one moment at a time. So what will you choose to do in this moment to move you forward? And when you can make that choice consciously and not on autopilot, not in reactive mode, but from a conscious, I will choose what I do mode, that is a place of powerful leadership. Tap into the minds of change makers creating real impact on people and our planet. It's time to live your purpose. I'm your host, Dale Wilkinson, and this is Good Makers. Hello, you beautiful human. Welcome to episode 20. I have a bit of a different episode for you today, but first, if you haven't yet, hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any of these weekly episodes. I interview change makers and experts in personal and professional development to get you practical tips on how to live a life of purpose. Okay, this episode, I get a little vulnerable with you. I recorded a session I had with my leadership coach, Eric Nerlich, who has helped me tremendously since I started working with him at the beginning of this year. He's helped me lean into my vulnerability and step up as a leader. In this session, he helps me deal with the imposter syndrome. I'm sure many of you have felt this before, that feeling that you're not good enough, you're not worthy of having everything you set out to achieve. The imposter syndrome can cause all sorts of issues. And in this session, I go into detail of what effect it's having on me. Why I wanted to record this session as an episode is because Eric has an incredible technique of visualizing these emotions you're feeling and to have a dialogue with them so you can start to work with them and move forward. You'll see what I'm talking about. Here's my session with my coach, Eric Nerlich. So I'm just going to treat this like a regular coaching session and just focus on you, which is my goal. Yep. I'll edit out me crying and stuff, but <laughs> no, that's the good stuff. <laughs> that's the stuff we want to keep. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not going to cry, but you know, who knows? Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. The last couple, when did we speak? The last couple of weeks, two weeks ago, yeah. three weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, it's been up and down. I think there's two things I kind of want to focus on. And I think this kind of, this one we haven't really discussed, I don't think, but I've been allowing my mood to be attached to outcomes of hmm. particular things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I meditate. I try and be mindful throughout the day. I think I told you about Ho'oponopono as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that is a good little uh, method and chant to kind of bring up during the day. However, I still find myself allowing my emotions to affect my mood based on, and it could be anything, right? It could be like, how many signups did I get today? And even when it is a positive thing, when the outcome is positive, noticing how much that changes my mood as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then being in that, and then also noticing, man, I could be like this before that outcome happened, right? Yeah. And even when I meditate, you know, mm-hmm. but I think what happens with with me in particular and with meditation and with my scheduling and my daily practices, I am very regimented. 
and it can become like furniture, if you know what I mean. Like if yeah. I'm doing each day, getting up at five, then meditate, then journal, then, you know, doing all these daily habits that are supposed to be positive, but sometimes you can, you're not even present when I'm doing them. Yeah. And then, you know, you're in the middle of the day and you're feeling some kind of anxiety or some kind of emotion or you're annoyed by something. So that's one thing <laughs> that I think has been plaguing me a little. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit last time, this feeling that you need to have start having bigger wins and really yeah. being focused like, I got to do more. Yeah. And that pressure that you're putting on yourself. That was the other thing I wanted to bring up as well, which we did, which goes into, you know, what you just brought up, overwhelm and this overwhelm based on what you were just talking about, right? Like mm -hmm. these, this, this thinking that I should be doing more or there's all these different elements to running a business or a successful life that you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Supposed to be in air quotes because that's what everyone else is. You're, seeing, you, you know, you're on Twitter and someone's like, I'm having success doing this and that. And then you're like, oh, fuck, I, I guess I got to do start uh, some of that. But it's overwhelmed because it's like I as a solo founder, as an individual, I cannot be doing all these things. What should I be focusing on? Then it just becomes I'm overwhelmed. And the idea thinking that I need to sit down and that's another thing you add to the list of doing that strategy yeah. and work and, and that takes time. And then you just get kind of overwhelmed and then it leads to paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. Which goes back to like my kind of, your procrastination. My procrastination, which we talk about a lot, man. So I could see both like both these things that are kind of like coming up right now, like mm -hmm. allowing my mood and my emotions to be attached to outcomes and this. Yeah. No, I, I, I really hear it. And like you said, the sense of overwhelm, your tactic for dealing with it is to say, well, I just got to make a schedule. Yeah. If I stick to the schedule, that'll make everything okay. Yep. But then you described how even when you stick to the schedule, you're not really present. You're not doing all the things. You're like checking things off the list. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. But you're not the meditation and everything else is, is not, you're not there for it. You're just yep. checking it off the list and the list is endless. Yes. And that's overwhelmed. I've got like this app, this uh, habit tracker app. Mm -hmm. And there's like 25 things that I've listed for the day. You know, meditate, <laughs> meditate twice, cold shower, read, mm -hmm. uh, journal, mm -hmm. uh, all these different things. And there's 25 things to tick off at the end of the day. And don't get me wrong, like when I'm at the end of the day and I've been able to tick off 25 of the things, mm -hmm. awesome. And when you haven't? And when I haven't, there's where the, the justification comes up for like missing those things. You know, I don't necessarily feel completely bad for missing those things. But to be fair as well, you know, I think once you start slipping off that, I haven't been completely diligent with these daily habits. Overall, I, I guess I haven't been mindful. I haven't been mindful of that and analyzing what days am I feeling this kind of anxiety and this, this letting my mood and my emotions kind of take over and what correlation that has to tracking how I am performing each day. Uh, I don't even like this, the sound of me saying that. It just <laughs> sounds like 
Well, and that's that part of you. I can I can feel this part of you that's just looking for an excuse to pass judgment to say you're not measuring up, you're not doing enough. Yep. <laughs> and that's why that list of twenty five. Your listeners can't see this, but I put my head in my hands. Like no, <laughs> that's just giving your that part of you a chance to beat you up at the end of every single day. Yep. And yep. I like. I'm a creature of habit though. Like I, I mm-hmm. know that that it, it's something I enjoy doing kind of. No, I do. I like routine. I like mm-hmm. being habitual, especially when it's positive actions. Right. I wonder if you would mind if we try, let's call it a visualization exercise, kind of a, a, a guided meditation Yeah. to explore this a little more. Let's do it. I'll start by just, Getting present and grounded. So just take a couple of deep, slow breaths in and out. And just get in touch with your breath and with your body. Feel your body on the seat below you. Feel your feet grounding you to the floor and to the earth. Just feeling supported by the earth, by the chair, by my voice. And as you're in this place, How does it feel? Probably not how it's supposed to feel. <laughs> I, uh, to be honest, I feel a little emotional. Mm. What popped up in my head mm-hmm. and it repeated itself was, you're not good enough. Yeah. So let's explore that. So that sounds like a part of you, well, we were just talking about this, a part of you that's looking for an opportunity to sneak in and say, you're not good enough. I wonder if you can perhaps visualize that part or make contact with it in some way as you listen to that voice. How is it connecting to you? Do you feel it? Does it have a color? Do you see it? Is it a physical sensation? It feels, um, it's a dark color. Mm. It feels heavy. A dark, heavy color. Yeah. I wonder if you can just reach out and say hello to this dark, heavy color. It feels like it's um, reminding me of things Mm. and there's like some shame attached to that. Mm -hmm. So you feel it's trying to remind you of things, trying to use shame to motivate you to do those things. 
Well, mostly I'd like to, to justify why it's telling me you're not good. Justify its opinion of you. How are you feeling towards this voice with its dark and heavy color? Part of me is like, yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. And wanting to agree with it. The easy thing is to agree with it. Yeah. And then the other part is just kind of tired. Mm -hmm. Tired of feeling that, hearing that. But also, like, I haven't explored that. Yeah. So, first of all, I want to say great catch to say it's part of you that wants to agree with it and part of you that feels tired. What we're exploring here is different voices different parts of you that have different agendas. And when you say you haven't explored it, maybe we could spend some time exploring what this voice wants of you and from you. How do you feel about that? Yeah, let's do it. So let's take another deep breath and reground. And then reconnect to that voice that's coming up with a dark, heavy color. And let me know when you have contact with it again. I do. Mm. And maybe you could reach out to it and say, what is your job? What are you trying to do? It's trying to help me to fit in. Mm. It's kind of bringing up instances from like school mm -hmm. and instances of being bullied mm. in agreeance with them, right? This is how you fit in. Yeah. This is how you fit in. And it's reminding you of times when you didn't fit in, when there was pain and shame and bullying and kind of almost threatening. Like, if you don't do this, that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So let's go back to its original, the first words you said, which is, it's trying to help. Yeah. I think it's trying to help not put any more attention on me. Mm. And to be comfortable and to avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. Trying to fit in. And I wonder, knowing that, knowing that it's trying to help you fit in, how do you feel towards it now? I'm still annoyed by it. Mm. Yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, that sounds to me like another part that's getting annoyed, that's feeling reactive. And I wonder if you have contact with that part. The part of you that's feeling annoyed that has is saying, I get it. Can you get contact with that part? Is yeah. there something? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's coming up? How, what does the contact feel like? This energy gets more like amped up. It's mm. like this energy like, come on, mm. let's go. We got this. Yeah. Which you've been introduced to that part of me I think, before. Yeah. yeah. When it's kind of like, fuck this shit. 
let's let's kind of ignore it and let's let's go you know you you know what to do you know what to do yeah we've we've talked to this part before this kind of ego confidence part let's just go let's do it we don't need help we're just gonna go do it it's like these two don't communicate mm. and avoid each other do they avoid each other do they just rile each other up i think it's more like avoiding mm. how do you see that or what do you what, what does that look like to you it's kind of binary see the i'm in this world of you know heavy kind of shame i'm not good enough or i'm there's no in between mm -hmm. it's it's yeah let's brush that aside i'm good let's let's go you know mm -hmm. so i feel like they never or is there something missing or that there's something like that vulnerability or the mediator yeah between those those two spaces yeah so right now it feels like an either or binary choice between i'm not good enough i'm not doing enough i should be ashamed and i've got this i can do it don't need any help yeah i'll stay out of my way yep and you're sensing there could be something in between some way to include both perspectives yep and i don't know why i'm avoiding that but it's like exploring that vulnerability and and mm -hmm. allowing to kind of dig into some of this you, you know why is this feeling kind of telling me you're not good enough mm. what are some of these scenarios from the past that have that are hanging on yeah do you want to explore that vulnerability a little bit yeah why i haven't maybe explored that is that this feeling of you're not good enough let's just mm -hmm. call it the, the dark color mm -hmm. <laughs> the dark and heavy base mm -hmm. it is also saying or trying to protect me from that as well and being vulnerable yeah if i can put some structure around this 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 is very this is a common pattern which is that there are some part of you that got hurt badly emotionally at a young age and it feels shame and it feels hurt and you develop these let's call them protector parts that try to keep you from feeling that hurt ever again one does it by preemptively attacking you saying you're not good enough because you can't feel bad if you're like kind of the one attacking and that's this dark heavy part mm -hmm. the other one is this confident overconfident part that says i got this i don't feel i won't feel bad because i got this i got this figured out don't need it any help and they're both trying to protect you mm -hmm. from this deep feelings of shame and embarrassment that you once felt and so i wonder if you can kind of visualize talking to both of these parts at once and saying hey i understand you're trying to protect me you're trying to keep me safe but can you step back just for a few minutes and let me explore that feeling i'm in a safe place right now i promise i'm safe that dark heavy feelings like you sure <laughs> yeah it's so very hesitant 
I got it. Oh, just as like, I felt like that kind of take a step back and there was like mm. this, um, this light. Mm. Just felt lighter. Mm -hmm. kind of like some sunshine. Mm. Yeah. So have these parts stepped back a little bit? Mm-hmm. Okay. I wonder if you can just think back to the uh, dark, heavy part brought up some instances of bullying from your past. And you don't have to share any details, but I'm wondering if you can go back and remember one of those instances and how you felt and how you were hurt. And I can feel myself feeling the pain come up. So I'm wondering if you can feel it also. And you don't have to do anything with the pain. I just want you to feel it and be with it. Just keep breathing and feeling yourself supported as you feel what you once felt. What are you feeling? You feel like you just want to kind of let the pain take over, you know? Mm. And just it's all encompassing and I'm kind of good to salt. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, and just stay like this. So the pain feels all encompassing. Part of you just wants to just stay like this and mm -hmm. stay in it. Like it's the easiest option. Mm -hmm. Like it's the safe option, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I want to remind you that even though as a kid, you may have felt there was no way to escape this. You're not a kid anymore. You found your own life. You built your own life where this is not your day-to-day -day reality. How is that landing for you? It's kind of bringing me back to now. Mm -hmm. There is this, I guess, kind of connection and just realizing it's been this thread throughout then from to now, you know, this, the way that I have used that pain for like comfort mm -hmm. that whenever there is kind of a moment of things aren't going right, mm -hmm. it feels like this kind of this pull to get into this, this space of sulking. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's comfortable here. <laughs> yeah. If you're sulking and you're upset and nothing else can hurt you, right? Because you're already hurt. <laughs> mm, yeah. And this, as we connect this back to the, the parts we were talking about earlier, that dark, heavy parts almost trying to put you in that sulking space. Because mm -hmm. it's safe. You can't be hurt there. Mm -hmm. It's As we said, it's trying to help. It's trying to help keep you safe. And that's the way it knows how to do it. Mm -hmm. It's almost heartbreaking in a way because it's trying so hard to help protect you. And yet it's actually kind of just tearing into you. Yeah. 
doesn't know any better. Doesn't know any better. So I wonder if you can appreciate the intention of that part while also rejecting the method. Yeah, it feels that real childlike. Mm-hmm. That that kind of innocence. Yeah. Well, it is a child. This is a tactic that you learned in childhood. So if you imagine like a five-year-old Dale, this is what it learned. And when the five-year-old screws up, you don't like say, you're terrible. Why would you ever do that? And you're like, I know you were trying to help by drawing on the walls or whatever you did. <laughs> it's not helpful. It's not the right thing. That's the least I would have done at a five-year-old. <laughs> a lot worse than that. <laughs> I set my neighbor's yard alight once. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it was an accident. It was, it was an, an accident. accident. I could just see that kid. Yeah. So think about <laughs> this dark, heavy part. Is that kid? It's setting things on fire. <laughs> like the gym. In your brain. And yet... It's not meaning to do it. It's trying to help. It's trying to do something else, trying to keep you safe. Yeah. So I wonder if you can reconnect to that part and just let it know that you're, you're, you appreciate it. You're thankful for it, but also, you know, better now. Yeah. So that you kind of just want to take that child under your wing. Mm-hmm. Just be there. I got you. You've come a long way. Yeah. No wonder if you can turn to that other part part that says, I got this. I know what I'm doing. And appreciate it also. It's trying the same thing. It's, again, think of the kid saying, I know how to do this. I can do this. I got this. I don't need any help. And wonder if you can take it under your, your wing as well and bring them both in for a big hug. I feel like I'm that missing piece. Mm-hmm. Like that vulnerability, that... Yeah, you are that missing piece. But what does that mean to you? It feels like this deeper connection. Mm-hmm. And allowing for that deeper connection. This overarching, overseeing energy. Mm-hmm. So, again, to use some language that may be helpful here, this is you connecting to your deeper presence. Mm-hmm. That is more than the sum of your parts. It is holistic and it can bridge these gaps because it can hug them all. It can embrace them all. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to be in that, in contact with that deeper presence, be in that present state, then yes, you can be the mediator. You can see more possibilities than the binary, you're not good enough or the I'm good enough don't need help. And you can reconnect to your inner sense of value and remember that you are here. You have value just for being here. It doesn't depend on whether you get all 25 things done in your to-do list. Yeah, it feels like this empathetic consciousness. Mm-hmm. Let's just take a few moments to just Stay in that space, that empathetic consciousness space. And remember, and just imprint on yourself what this feels like. 
to be in contact with this deeper presence. When you're ready, maybe you can open your eyes and we can think about how all this might apply to what, how we started this podcast, this session. I can't even really remember. <laughs> I, I, I went to a place there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me remind you that you were saying that you've been too anchor, getting too anchored on the outcomes and letting your feelings and mood be tied to outcomes. Mm-hmm. And there was a sense of overwhelm that too much to do. I can never get it all done. I'm not good enough. And both of those, I feel like, or my intuition is that those are expressions of these two parts. Mm-hmm. But in this place that you're in right now, of this present empathetic consciousness, how do you see those? How do you see? How do you feel about that? Well, how I feel is just physically, I feel lighter, calmer, mm-hmm. more relaxed. And I feel like it's this kind of place of knowing. Mm-hmm. awareness kind of like the, this this teacher mm. that i'm going to be aware of everything that is coming up mm-hmm. those emotions that are being felt and give it its time and space to do whatever i need to do do i need to explore that a little more do i need to move on feels like kind of like a conductor. Hmm. What does that mean to you? It goes back to this. You have to have this kind of awareness of all the parts, mm-hmm. all the moving parts and all the. Oh, orchestra conductor. Got it. But just this kind of like overarching consciousness. Yeah. And I think the thing that I guess I want you to take away from this is that the vulnerability is one unlocked this awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of, instead of avoiding that feeling of shame and embarrassment, you took not long, just a few moments to really feel it. And then it passed. That's what happens with emotions is that we try, we can try for days, weeks, years to avoid them. But when we actually feel them, they actually go away pretty quickly. Yeah. And it's the defense mechanisms around them that lead us into not ourselves up in all these amazing and it's like heartbreaking ways of like the childhood, like the the little five-year-olds running around setting things on fire because they're just trying so hard. Yeah. Thinking about some of this stuff and what we were talking about earlier about this, you know, what was missing with these daily habits and trying to check these things off is the, Mm -hmm. the presence and the awareness and not really, um, feeling these emotions and getting carried away in that emotion without you know, rising above and being aware of what's happening and what I'm feeling. Yeah. There's no analysis that there hadn't been kind of the, the, this analysis. Yeah. All of those practices to increase mindfulness and presence don't do any good. <laughs> Mindful <laughs> and present when you're doing the Right. Activities when you're of mindful doing, and presence. 
Yeah. Right. When you're doing them to get through them, to check them off the list, mm-hmm. you're not doing them. Yep. And I don't say that to make you feel bad, but just it's a fact. It's an absolute fact. 30 seconds of really feeling what's going on in your body, your emotions, what fears and shame and childhood instincts are coming up can be the most powerful mindfulness practice of all. Yep. So I want to reframe your 25 daily checklist. The goal is not to get through 25 items every day. The intention of these items is to get you to where you are now. This sense of empathetic consciousness, this sense of being lighter, this sense of freedom of possibility. How does that land for you? My mind already goes to how do I practice that? <laughs> like what activity can I do to practice that mindfulness while I'm doing these activities? And I just mm-hmm. know that. And let you, there's obviously some things I can do, right? Like when you have the phone right next to you, if like I'm supposed to be reading for 30 minutes, it doesn't help when I have distractions around me. But I, I, I enjoy doing these things. Mm-hmm. But what you were saying, it's like that keeping that intention to do these activities in a conscious state. And I think you named it earlier in this session, which was the meta-analysis of not just beating yourself up for not doing the things, but taking a moment or a minute or so to say, okay, what happened? Yeah. How did I get distracted? And the question I will add is what was I avoiding? What feeling was I avoiding when I got distracted? Hmm. I'm writing that one down. And I'm going to give credit here to uh, Nir Ijal, who wrote a book called Indistractable, which I'm actually reading right now. And he points out that distraction happens. What did he write? What was his first book? Uh, Hooked. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've read this. Yep. Yep. Cause, yeah, because it was Hooked was all about how the tech companies get people hooked onto their apps yep. and all this kind of stuff. And then he's come out with <laughs> indistractable, how to protect yourself, how from, to protect yourself from it. Yeah. <laughs> but his point is it's not actually the technology is part of it, but what's really happening in, is in, internal. We're trying to avoid some feeling something. And it's that internal trigger that we, that we can start to watch out for. There's stuff you can do in the environment that's all this other stuff, but I think for you and given what we've talked about today, thinking about starting to catch that internal trigger, starting to catch that feeling like I don't want to feel like I'm not enough, like feel the shame, feel the embarrassment. So I'm either going to go sulk and do nothing, or I'm going to go into overdrive mode and try to do everything. Yep. Which are kind of your two coping mechanisms, but both come from this place of trying to avoid the feeling. Yep. And if I can just kind of lean in and give it the time, the presence, the consciousness that it deserves and mediate. Mm -hmm. Come at it from a place of empathetic consciousness rather than zero or one. Right. Exactly. And I think I'm just looking at my, you know, daily habits and I haven't done this for a while, but you know, like a digital detox day where I disconnect from everything and, you know, maybe that's a Sunday. 
Mm-hmm. It's a Sunday where I just I'm, don't have anything planned. The only thing planned is that I don't have my phone for daylight hours or something like that and just go explore, go do what I need to do. And can I, uh, I'm just going to point out that you're doing that binary thing again. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be like, I'm really going to go digital detox for an entire day. Like, yeah. Maybe start with, put your, put your phone down for five minutes. <laughs> yep. That's that other feeling where it's like, we know how to do this. This is how you do yeah. it. This is the activity that you got to do. Yep. Yep. I'm now going to go all in to make it happen. And. And Which we is, gotta do again, it every Sunday. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm gonna beat myself up for not doing it. And yeah. Again, I appreciate it. It's so, you know, again, it's when you think of it as like little children, it helps a lot because it's like, okay, I appreciate the enthusiasm. That goes against the whole point of that, right? Of of consciousness yeah. and being present should be something that I'm be in that place as much as I can. Yeah. Because the point is not to do a digital detox day or to be anchored on the results. Yeah. As we were talking about earlier. Yes, sir. The point is to be present. Not the mm-hmm. point. There is no point, but the being present mm-hmm. and present to what is here now. Mm-hmm. And from that place of presence of empathetic consciousness, choosing what I will do next. That's the only thing in the end that we control. Yep. The past has already happened, no matter how much we beat ourselves up about it. And the future continues to unfold, but it unfolds one moment at a time. So what will you choose to do in this moment to move you forward? Mm -hmm. And when you can make that choice consciously and not on autopilot, not in reactive mode, but from a conscious, I will choose what I do mode. That is a place of powerful leadership. Mm-hmm. Conscious and with intention. Yes. And what will be, will be. Yes. And this goes back to, I think our very first session, we came up with a mantra for you, which is, I am a leader who is thoughtful and conscious in what I say and do. I am a leader who is thoughtful and conscious in what I say and what I do. Mm-hmm. through and through day in day out that's the, that's that was a goal like, right up at the first session that we <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a beautiful aspiration yeah. and you're not always going to achieve it but it's i i re- read this uh, distinction in some i don't remember goal is something that you say because you're trying to reach it and so you set goals to be attainable and aspiration is an orientation. You may not ever attain it, mm-hmm. but moving in that direction will pay off. Mm-hmm. And so I think of this mantra as more of an aspiration. Yes, so Man, I feel so much lighter. I feel a sense of peace, calm, that was much, much needed. Awesome. Yeah, I think for you to consider is... Just when you notice yourself getting distracted and notice that voice in your head saying, not good enough, that dark, heavy voice, just remind yourself of this moment of embracing that part, embracing that part that says, I can do this. Yep. And bringing them in for a big hug and say, I appreciate what you're trying to do, kids. <laughs> yep. Come here. 
Come here. <laughs> Let me give you some love. Yeah, that's it. Love, mm-hmm. and that's and that's the thing, right? Like it's not it's not empathetic consciousness is empathetic. It's not judgmental. It's not it's understanding. Man, thank you. I appreciate You're you, sir. For the folks that were tuning into this and listen to this, and if they want to explore working with you, where's the best place that they can find you? Yeah, so uh, my site is toomanytrees.com, and that's T-O-O, with the idea that we often miss the forest for the trees. Mm-hmm. And so my goal as a coach is to help my clients reattune to what's important to them, to become conscious and purposeful leaders. And when they attune to that in the way we talked about today, I feel like they can create so much more impact on the world than when they're tied up dealing with their own defense mechanisms. And I also want to give a special shout out to Steve March, who is an experienced coach that has a coaching school called Aletheia, from whom I learned this language of parts and this method of coaching people's parts. He's an amazing guy, has a whole methodology and, and done a lot of research in this area. Um, and so I just want to make sure I give him the proper credit because yeah. I would not have done, done this sort of coaching a year ago before I started working, taking his classes. Awesome, man. You work with all folks. Is there a spe- oh, yeah. you, know, you like specialize in like executive leadership or anything in particular? Or Yeah, I primarily work with leaders. I like to say I work with high performers that are stuck. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is I like high performers, people that are motivated and smart and get things done. And they just, they when they know what to do, they go 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Because when they're, and then the stuck part is because they're at some sort of inflection point. Something has changed. And when that happens, all their habits work against them. Mm-hmm. And so going faster, working harder, doesn't help them get out. And that's when they get stuck. And that's when they need a coach. Sounds very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The classic example for me, so my background is in technology. I had a 20-year career in technology before becoming a coach. Um, is an engineering, senior engineer moving into leadership. And their mm. whole career has been about, I'm going to solve the problem myself. I'm going to solve it faster. I'm going to keep it all in my head and I'm going to do it all myself. Yep. And when they become a leader, that's not their job anymore. If they do it all themselves, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So they have this really huge cognitive disconnect when they have to give work, engineering work, to somebody who's not as good at it as they are. That hurts their brain. They're like, nope, can't do it. That's wrong. Yep. <laughs> and that's the thing they have to learn to move, to get to the next level. Yeah. And a lot of us have that issue, right? Yeah. So startup CEOs is another common client I have because they solve every problem at the company and the company grows. They keep on trying to solve every problem. They become the bottleneck. And so we get back to being conscious of what is the thing that only I can do? Where am I going to put my attention today? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to include all the links that you mentioned to your site and Mm -hmm. to Steve as well in the show notes and folks listening. I've been working with Eric since the beginning of the year, so I can highly, highly, highly recommend working with Eric. It's been uh, a game changer for me. So hit me up if you want to talk about it, talk about anything that happened in this episode as well. So uh, I appreciate you, Eric. 
I appreciate you too, Dale. I've really enjoyed working with you and seeing how you've grown throughout this year. And all the credit for that goes to you. I'm just Thank helping you, you clear, helping you clear things up for yourself. And for people out there, I'm always happy to chat myself, eric at toomanytrees.com. And you can set up a free intro chat with me just on my website. So reach out if you want to do that. Awesome. Eric, thank you, man. Thanks, Dale. This is really fun. This session was incredible. The visualization he took me through had an immediate impact on how I was feeling. Just listening to it again when I edited this episode put me right back in that feeling of calm and consciousness. I really love his technique of talking to these different parts of you and the perspective that they are just trying to help and protect you, even though it might not feel like it. I really encourage you to head to Eric's website and set up a free consultation with him. You won't regret it. And if hiring a coach is not possible for you just at this moment, take this visualization technique he walked me through and have a go at it yourself next time you're feeling stuck. Thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable with you. I love and appreciate you. Until next week, thanks for showing up and being you.